we're entrepreneurs, we're creators. It's not like I'm showing up to a job, doing a job that everybody's already been doing for so long. It's not like I'm going and I'm building a car that everybody's built for so long. We know how a Ford's supposed to look. We know how a computer program's supposed to look. We know how a legal brief is supposed to look. You're doing something that does not exist. Sweet talk episode 113. Are you done mixing yet? Are we on the air? Tweet talk. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Megana himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. So yay and Drake. Yay and Drake, friend of Mr. The End. Or the two greatest out there. Let's go with that one. I am your host, Raphael Husbands, along with my co-host, Charles Oglesby the third, JD. Welcome to Tweet Talk the Black Wealth Podcast, where we talk about building black wealth and we break down financial tweets. You can follow us on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. That's P O D. Follow myself, Raphael, at Work Money Life on Twitter. Follow my partner, Charles, on Twitter at Real Todd Billion, because there's only one. What's going on, Charles? Not much change, man. The only thing that changed is the urgency. Got to continue to get this content out with urgency. So nothing has changed. It's changed with the range. Let's get right into it. Charles, you had a tweet where you said your business is a marketing company. Man, I'm glad you asked that question because I think a lot of people, they think that their business is their business. And so they just sit around with their hands, sitting on their hands, waiting for a client to come in and ask them to do social media content. And that's what they spend their whole day doing. And that's a mistake because if you're in the infancy stage of your business, the only thing you should be doing all day, every day is marketing, 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 marketing. That's it. When I was working in the law firm, you would think that the owner of a law firm would be the person in the weeds, handling all the cases, doing all that stuff. He never did any of it. All he did was market and advertise his company. As clients came in, then he delegated it to somebody else. And so we think like, I have these skills. I'm going to go into business. I'm going to do this. And then we just sit there and wait for the customers to come in the door. Or we think that our responsibility is just to do what the customers bring us. And in the beginning of your business, I would say maybe 90% of your business should be marketing and 10% should be actually doing that thing. That's what makes digital products so powerful is you don't got to do the thing anymore. Literally the only responsibility you have is marketing and advertising because the course has already been recorded. It's already stored. It's already automated. It's already going to send out when they order. You do nothing. Your only job is market. And that's what people make good money doing it. We all think, oh, you're doing this, you're doing that. No, It's the most efficient business model. Now, what you need to do is take that concept and apply it to everything. I know your ego makes you feel like you need to be the person that is doing the work, doing the employee stuff, because that's all you know. That's all you've ever seen. But that is not how you make money as a boss. How you make money as a boss is owning the system, hiring people to then do the labor. And all you do is bring in the labor. And then you get to the point where you don't even got to do that. Now you got a marketing person. That's all they do is market. It's a cheat code. I had a conversation with George H. Kumpong. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. And uh, Carter Cofield. Two gems that I take from the Carter conversation with George is he started a merch company. He hired a marketing team. That marketing team blew his business up because all they did was market. 
The other thing is he has a financial advising company. He was going to give it up. He was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I'm not, I'm not trying to change time for money. He figured out a way to step away from all of that and then have other people do all that. And now he's like, this is a great company. I make money doing nothing. I've effectively digitized this business. We need to get to the point to where we're digitizing businesses or offloading everything, firing yourself from the business. I don't work for my business anymore. Somebody else does. And that can either be a person or it can be a computer. Ideally, it's a computer because I'm tired of y'all. And so (laughs) that's the way we as new entrepreneurs have to approach business. Too many of us are not marketing hard enough. We're not promoting hard enough. I don't see y'all. And if I don't see you, I can't pay you. And if I can't pay you, you're going to be out of business in six months because you're going to need to find something to pay your bills. People go out of business because they don't market hard enough to make money to stay in business. Mm. Your responsibility is marketing and marketing only. If I see you posting once or twice a day, I just know you don't want to get paid. If I see you sending out one email a day, I know you don't want to get paid. Some folks don't even send one email a day. They might send out one email a week. Y'all scared. You're like, I don't want to offend them. I don't want to push them away. I don't want fam. You don't even know them. You know who you do know? (laughs) Your kids. There's some strangers out there who are, somebody sent me a message, a really cool message. It was about her success with the options course. I was like, dang, that's so dope. I didn't know you existed until just now. And you purchased my product, used my product. You knew me. I didn't know you existed. And that's where you need to get in business. That's one of the things that I noticed working for a black business owner is the people that she knew didn't blow her up. It was those people who she didn't even know they existed. All they knew was her food was fire. You need to just create some fire food, market it and get out the way. You do not want to know every single customer. You do not want to need to need to have a personal interaction with every single customer. All you need is that fire and the marketing for said fire. Yeah, because you got to remember people, people get scared and think about, like you said, um, then they're going to offend people like, I don't want to post too much, but you got to think about it, especially on Instagram. Like you don't even see all of a person's posts. Even if you even if you put out 10 posts back to back to back, literally within a minute, they're not going to see all 10. Sometimes you see one that a post from somebody from today and then 20 minutes later, you see one from yesterday. Like they don't even come in order. Yeah. And it's like you got to stop worrying about this kind of stuff. First, you got to offend them and let them tell you. Then you can know when to dial it back if you if you need to, if you need to. And if you don't post every day, like it is so easy to forget you. Even if people like you, the problem is they forget you. Like, oh shoot, I haven't seen you in a minute. Like you don't want people to have to want to be ready to buy your product, but then they can't remember who they got a problem and now they, they don't remember that you actually solved their problem or they never knew in the first place, which is even worse. Like I got this problem. Say, oh shoot, I didn't even know you solved that problem. Oh well, I already paid somebody else. If you're okay with them paying somebody else, then oh well. And you just alluded to this, uh, Charles, but I was I really wondered about this tweet that you had. You said, release yourself from feeling like you have to know every single person who uses your product. Yeah, that was related to that that lady who purchased the course and had success with it and was over there shouting me out is I feel like a lot of people, they want to have like a physical connection with every customer and you can't scale that way. If everybody comes through a consult, you're limiting your reach. You can't scale that way. You're only, you got to fill the pipeline, fill the pipeline. And I know some people, it can be scary because you have some strangers out there who are utilizing your content, your material. And it's like, man, like, that's kind of interesting. Like, I hope Mm -hmm. I'm I'm like, I hope they don't mess up nothing, get out there and start (laughs) doing something and I mess them up. And that that's like the fear for me, but you have to kind of like let go of that. If you want to scale, if you want to just make a few bucks here, there, you can sell to friends and family. But a big part of the reason why I'm so gung ho on this is when I started that necktie company, 
I thought that my friends and family was going to be my biggest customers. I was like, man, they ain't buying from me. What's what's going on? So I was like, I would send them ties for free, but I was still like, man, they're not buying my ties. They're not going on there. I thought that they had to be my first customer. Everything I've done prior to, I don't know, maybe like the investment club, I wanted to just work with like friends and family. And I learned that those people aren't going to likely be your customers for whatever reason. And those people are also not going to really support you until you become successful. The thing is, is a lot of people who are close to you don't want to help you become better than them. They don't want to put you in position to where you might make them feel less than. If you get there, great, but they're not going to put you there. And so they subconsciously hold back from buying whatever you have or supporting whatever you have. That's part of the reason why the course stuff is good, especially affordable courses, is because people don't get to feel the weight of them making you a bag. And also they get to do it anonymously. You don't even know that they bought it or they didn't buy it. I know people who bought stuff and I didn't even know they bought it. So I would just say that that's one of the things that I kind of, I tell people is the strangers are going to help you get to your goals. The people that you don't know exist, the people that you run into and they're like, man, I listen to your podcast. It's dope. It's been helping me. Those are the people, the complete strangers. I don't ask my friends if they listen to my stuff. In fact, I don't really even want them to listen to it because I might be using an example that might be relevant to them. So (laughs) uh, it's kind of just cool. The strangers are out there and I just say people like release yourself. That's what you got to release yourself. We'd be so closely guarded privacy and all these different things. And you're not reaching your financial goals. Mm. Now, you had a um, you had a tweet. Now, actually, I saw somebody uh, a, a tweet that went kind of viral out there. And somebody said, "Everyone wants to get rich. Don't believe anyone who says they don't." What's your opinion on that one? Um, I clicked like because I thought it was kind of interesting, and it's probably true. It's probably true. Um, I think I don't really I mean, have an opinion. It's just probably true. Well, I think a, a lot of times when people say certain things, it's just like because, no, it is. They, they don't want to admit that they don't think they could get rich. So, or that they quit. Right. It's kind of like uh, Grant Cardone say the only ones that condemn the hustles is, is the ones that gave up on the hustle themselves. But, you know, it's like time, it's time to grow up, man. Time to grow up. You also said once you start getting big checks, you only want big checks. Yeah. Um, a tenant hit me up. And uh, she was over here and she was like, hey, I need the information for where to deposit the rent because the property manager told me that they're not going to be doing it anymore. So I sent her the information and then she sends me a text this morning. and She's like, oh, I have the money on Friday. I was like, it's the sixth of the month. You ever hear tell me you have the money on Friday. So you're basically gonna have the money on the 11th of this month. <laughs> Rent's due on the first. <laughs> And so I was like, yeah. this is what I don't want to do. I don't like, cause it, then it's like, you run into a situation, you got a victim, you victim, you got to spend a bunch of money on rehab and eviction is not a fun process on bigger pockets podcast. They make it sound like, Oh, does your victim get rid of them? Blah, blah, blah. No, you mess around. You evict somebody. They cutting wires. They mm. out here leaving the house open so that you can lose your hot water tank and all that stuff. And it, it'd be your own. But I just realized like, man, I, I don't want to do this stuff for $200 a month. I'm like $200 a month seems like a lot when you're getting underpaid by a job. If you're getting underpaid by a job and that job's paying you $3,000, $4,000 a month, you're like, man, extra $200. Cool. Oh, you know what I could do with $200? When you out here making 20 grand a week, I don't want your $20, $200. I don't. <laughs> I don't. It upsets me because I know the amount of, if I took that same effort and applied it to doing my own thing, I can make 200 times that. 
So why logically would I want to do it for a fraction of it? I just got a deal that came through my, through my inbox. Really good deal. I want to do it. It's an easy purchase price, easy rehab. The ARV looks to be lucrative. And I was like, that's what I want. Once you start getting $50,000 checks, $40,000 checks, you don't, you want, you want more of those. And so I'm like, you know what I want? I want, that's why I like flipping. I like flipping because I can get another $50,000 check. And then I want to get to the point to where I'm doing a flip a month. I'm just flipping them, just churning them out at least 12 flips a year, just running through neighborhoods, boom, 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 flipping, flipping, flipping. And so that I think that's just where I am. And that's why I enjoy flipping. And even though I'm in a kind of crappy one right now that I think I'm going to be able to salvage. And I mean, if you hold anything with real estate, you're going to get your money. So it's like, quite honestly, if I was willing to just let the cash sit in there for Mm -hmm. a while, which might make sense, because for tax purposes, it might make sense just to keep the cash in the house as opposed to selling it, taking a gain or a loss. It might make sense to keep it in the house, refi it, and then let the house appreciate, get all my money back on the equity. There's multiple ways that you can do this. You can Airbnb it. But I just am not at a point where I can get excited over a $200 check. It's, it's not, it doesn't happen anymore. And that's important because a lot of people, they wonder why they can't live the life that they want. And then they're out there spending all their valuable, precious time for 200 bucks, 300 bucks. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Can't go backwards, man. It's kind of like once you hit that luxuries, can't go back. Once you get that... $7,000 watch. Can't go back to Tomex. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't. It becomes the floor. That's one of the crazy things about it is when you stretch yourself, that new level becomes the floor. New goals become new expectations. And so, yeah, you buy a $7,000 watch, a $5,000 watch. Before you did that, it was like, what? That's crazy. And then I don't, I don't even, I bought a, a Rolex GMT. I'm not looking at GMTs no more. I'm looking at what's after that. And I'm over here looking at the APs. I'm over here looking at whatever, like, man, I could do that. I could get to that level. It's just like your new expectation becomes your new norm. So it's it's kind of cool. And you're 100% right there. Yeah, like driving driving a certain kind of car and then you get back in your old car. is like, oh, damn, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> That's why they tell you to do that. They tell you to, they tell you to go test drive the car that you want, because then when you do get back into your car, you're like, nah, it's better. It's better living out there. I got to figure out what I got to do so I can grind this up so I can get back to this level. Right. And once you get, once you get in your head and you, you know what you want, it's actually easier to make the money. I think so. Yeah. It's, I don't know. That's, that's kind of weird though. It's like, oh, for you might not be able to afford it. And then all of a sudden you try it out and you're like, man, I got to have this. All of a sudden you find a way. You thought you could never do it before, but now all of a sudden you, have, you found a way. And you didn't, before you even, you didn't get a raise at your job. You didn't, you didn't read some magical book or get some magical course that taught you something special. All of a sudden you just, it just triggers something in you and you just make a way. Now, speaking of people like doing their own thing and people don't seem to think they can, you had a tweet where you say, thinking you are ugly because you go to a white school is the same as thinking you are incompetent because you work at nothing but white firms. I'm glad you brought this up, Raphael. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. These are good tweets. So I was on the TikTok. I was I was on TikTok and um, I saw this post and there's this girl. She was a relatively attractive young lady. 
Mm-hmm. And she made this post, and it's something that I've seen before. I've seen people mention this before about how they thought they were ugly because they went to a white school and they're black, and then they went to like a HBCU and their like whole mindset was changed. And I was watching it, and she was kind of walking through the details of her story, and she was saying like, "Yeah, she couldn't get a date to prom. She got right. a pity date to prom." She was talking about how she went to like this. I'm not. I'm familiar. I'm not familiar with what it was, but. It, some place, a conference or something. And it was all black people there. Right. And she said like, she was just getting hit on like the whole time. And I've experienced that as a black professional where you go into the firm and they act like you don't know nothing. You're incompetent. And you go on Twitter and you tie Billy, you the man. What else you got to tell us today? We subscribe to the podcast. We love your content. Your content's changing our life. And so there's di- this dichotomy where on and, and, and not even just online in my family and i'm not talking about like in my immediate family like mom sister mom mom sister all that like no like you look at me compared to like a lot of the things that maybe my cousins are doing you look at like a lot of people that i went to school with and what they're doing and i tell people this there's it sounds arrogant but there's not a lot of southern california black dudes doing what i'm doing not in southern california maybe if you go to dallas go to atlanta you go to the East Coast, maybe, but for the most part, it's thugs and dudes who have no ambition, no drive, they're just out there just chilling. And so I'm over here like, bro, like, do you not know who I am? I'm the exception to all the rules. And then mm-hmm. it's like, uh, whatever, you don't know how to do this, 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 this. The reason why I bring it up is because I know I'm not the only person that feels like that. I know I'm not the only person that's experienced it. I know a lot of people who, one of the things that I never wanted to be was like that token. I never wanted to be like the black person that they stick to work in the black area. And so like when I was working for Chase, a big part of the reason why I had, I didn't really like working at Chase is they just wanted to send me to Inglewood. They just wanted to send me to like the middle of the of the hood. And I was like, nah, I wanna, I wanna work in downtown LA. I wanna work in Beverly Hills. I wanna work in Newport Beach, Orange County. Like that's what I wanna do. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people who they work for firms, but they're like the coordinator of diversity. Or they're like the this of black people. And I was like, I don't want to work <laughs> for like your organization to be the this of black people. Like that's kind of like you've seen that people who like were over here celebrating them like, oh, they got a seat on the board at Forbes. They got a seat on the boards at this Fortune 500 company. What's the seat? Coordinator of diversity, coordinator mm-hmm. of African-American outreach. This girl, she got a, a job. I want to say it was from Snapchat. It was like or from TikTok. It was like urban director. <laughs> and I was like, right. I don't I don't want that. If I'm going to be the urban director, I'm going to be it for myself, man. If I'm going to be the educator of Black people, I'm going to be it for myself. I'm going to skip the middle, man. I'm not going to let you give me a token to be that. So basically, I could resonate with that. And I was glad that I did find that parallel. And I was hoping that it would have gotten more traction because it's a message that we all need to hear. It's not that you don't deserve wealth. It's not that you can't be successful in business. It's not that you don't have skills that are lucrative. It's not that you don't deserve to make good money. It's that you're just trying to get your approval from people who have a vested interest in not seeing your true value. Because if they did, then they would devalue themselves. If I'm a Laker fan, I can't make Clipper fans think that they're good or their team is good. And so we all go around here expecting to get validated by Laker fans. I don't need Laker fans to tell me that the Clippers are good. I decided the Clippers are good. I don't need white America to determine that I'm smart, that I'm capable, that I'm hardworking, that I'm diligent. I determined that. And if you, it was kind of like that map that they posted. I'm not sure if you saw it. There's a map of the globe mm-hmm. and it shows the distance between from one side of Africa to the next. Let's just say it was like 7,400 kilometers, maybe. And then they show a map of like the whole like continent of like China and Europe. 
and they did from one side of like China and the top of Russia to the other side. And basically it showed that in true map size, Africa was bigger than all of that. But if you just look at the map, it looks as though China, Russia, and all of that is bigger than Africa. And the caption was, don't let other people define you. Don't let other people determine if you're attractive. Don't let other people determine if you're valuable. Don't let other people determine how big you are. Because if you let other people determine how big you are, they're always going to make you smaller than them. That's why I don't want to hear nobody's opinions about nothing. There's a lot of people who will have like opinions on like your relationship and they don't got a relationship or they're in a relationship and they're not mm. happy, but they got all these good reasons why your relationship ain't nothing. Like fam, you get one, you work it out. You stick with it. The hardest part of a relationship is sticking with it because it's a hundred reasons for it not to work. Stick with it. So that's all I would say on that. I'm glad you brought it up and I hope people got value from that piece because I just that's why the book Choose Yourself is so powerful. Do not let these people define you. If, if you're feeling like you're running into walls, it's because it's a wall. <laughs> go somewhere else. Yeah, because it's crazy because we all go run into them and we all think that they're smarter because why? They've been telling us that for hundreds of years. And you listen to their opinion and like we're thinking we're not. They told us for so long that we believe that that shit like, like, come on. And then when you get in there, like these people are not so much smarter than you. I mean, they might have gone to college or whatever they got. So they learn how to talk better and they might know some stuff because they were given a formula. That's a good thing about school. It teaches you how to solve problems systematically, and it teaches you how to solve problems that have popped up before. That's a, Those are some big advantages of school, going to school and getting an education, but they're not inherently smarter than us. They're not. And the thing is, if they were to tell us we were smart and we would believe them, then we would we would be out there starting our own businesses and hiring our own people and creating for ourselves. And you think they want that? Of course not. But... You can keep believing them if you want. Now, interestingly enough, Charles, you had a tweet when you said folks claim they're busy whole time just looking at the work, not even accomplishing mm-hmm. anything, just looking at the work. I think that's a part of the reason why um, my contractors don't get stuff done. It's because they're afraid of actually doing the work. I went into the barbershop today and I pulled up and the guy kind of like walked to the back. And I uh, walked in and I was like, hey, I'm trying to get a skin fade real quick. He was like, uh, I, I, I guess I could cut your hair. And so like he didn't say nothing the whole time. I was like, I need you to shave the beard. Actually, I said, can you shave the beard off with the with the clippers? It just it's a smoother shave. I like it. I prefer it that way. I didn't tell him that, but I just prefer it that way. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, that's extra. I was like, all right, that's cool. And so then he finished the haircut and he still didn't talk the whole time. But like the whole time, his energy was just given off like he didn't feel like doing the work. Like he just like he it was 12 o'clock noon on a Monday. He just didn't feel like doing the work. So anyway, I paid him and I left. But I just realized like there's people who don't want to work, but they want money. Most people, they want don't want to work, but they want money. And that's why the that that's why the passive income is such a big seller. People are like, oh, passive income, passive income, get money. You don't got to do nothing. And they can sell you their content and do all that stuff because people just get drawn in by doing nothing. And I think that's a mistake. Because the work going to set you free. The book, I want to say the book is Thinking Girl Rich a Black Choice. He talks about how work is the savior. And I wish I could find the direct quote because it's fire. He's like, work is the best internship. Work is going to teach you the skills that you need to know that are going to allow you to go into business for yourself. Work is going to do all these really good things. I'm actually thankful that I had a job because at least now I know what to pay me as an entrepreneur. I Like I can, I can determine a decent salary where there might be some other people out there. And I'm like, how do they pay themselves? <laughs> 
Like, do they even know how to pay themselves? They've never had a job before. What do they be doing? Just taking all the money and just putting it in their bank account. And so right. I just want us as a community to fall in love with the work, fall in love with the process. Don't fall in love with the results. Everybody fantasizes over the results. They're like, I want the Lambo. And that's why it's so easy to sell them the nonsense. I want the Lambo. I want the, I want to live in Miami. I want the watches. I want this. I don't do lifestyle marketing. I don't. I do results marketing. Did the result get there? Because it just seems cheesy to me. I just don't see how I can sell you me hopping at a Lambo and call that like marketing. I think it's just lame and cheesy. So that's never been my thing. <laughs> Whatever my thing. But I just thought that it was interesting. Um, what was the tweet again? Just out of curiosity. So I make sure I'm making a point. <laughs> it was like folks claim they're busy whole time just looking at the Oh, work. right. Right. But kind of that was like me talking about some people because they'd be sitting. People think that like work is sitting at the desk and work is not sitting at the desk. Work is getting things done. I specialize in getting things done and not looking at the work. It's like uh, Eric Tommy says, he says, you're not grinding, you're glaring. You're looking at what you got to get done. And that's just a lot of people's story. Yeah, man. Like you said, um, that pat that those two words, passive income is so so tempting man it's like the holy grail like everybody wants it it's the dream but it takes a lot of action to get to passive income and nobody wants to go through that but when you were talking something else came up in my mind is like sometimes the thing stopping people from doing the work is they're looking at the work how much work it is and they're thinking that first of all you're thinking that you gotta get it all done all at once like it's like people say rome isn't built wasn't built in the day man like nobody can do it all at once man we all started from scratch we all started from the bottom and like i just released the, the podcast star deluxe course um to start your podcast and i know already people are gonna be like how do i monetize this thing like, how about let me get let's get some some episode so um, some episodes out there first you know what i'm saying like it took us a while to get to a hundred thousand downloads like you don't just get this right out the bat right off the bat man you gotta put in work you gotta show up every week show up every day show up every week and put in the work before you could do things before you could charge people for stuff for ads and sponsorships and sell merch like you gotta put in the work but also, I think another problem is people look at the work and think it's more than it actually is. Like once you get in there, you used to be surprised how easy it is once you get into the flow of it. Instead of just looking and saying like, oh, man, I can never do that. I mean, I, I, I had that problem myself. So I know. And it's like you had I'm a touch on this last tweet. You said sometimes you won't even create the course if you don't feel the pressure of the pre-sale. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. When you have a hundred people, a thousand people waiting on something, asking for something, you're going to find the motivation. <laughs> and that's motivation enough. But the thing is, is a lot of us have all these ideas that we just keep kicking the can on. I have a bunch of ideas for other courses that I could be doing that I haven't released. Why? Because I haven't pre-sold them yet. And there's nobody there expecting me to get it done. A course is hard work. A lot of people think that all you're doing is just like showing up and recording. Like, no, there's so much thought that goes into that. And thinking is exhausting. Being perfect is exhausting. Not saying the wrong thing is exhausting. 
making sure that what you say is going to be helpful to somebody is exhausting. And so a lot of us avoid the work of doing a course because the thought of it is draining. I created the course. The last course that I put out was the Turo Boss course and I was in Atlanta. I spent the entire day working on this course, the entire day recording the course because I would record a segment and then I have to rest. And then I record a segment and then I have to rest. And then when I was done, I needed some time to just chill for a second. And then I ended up like going out to like dinner, hanging out with uh, Andre that day. But the the fear of doing the work is what prevents people from doing the work and the, and how much energy it's going to take. And so the the course that gave me the most success, I actually didn't even put it out until somebody was like, bro, like, are you going to drop this course or what? I pre-sold it. <laughs> and uh, and LaMontre, I always tell LaMontre, like, he, he's the reason why this happened. LaMontre, if you guys don't know him, he's been on the, the mastermind a few times. And so he popped up. He's like, bro, like I paid for this course. You going to get it done. And so like, I just kind of just threw it together. I was like, all right, here, man, let me get this thing up. It was an idea that I had, but think about it. Think about this. We all look at what the course is, but what about all the things that it could have been? So that's another level of stress because you're pulling, you're creating something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. You're literally creating something that doesn't exist and making it permanent. And so that's another reason why it becomes kind of difficult. We're not just following a blueprint. We're entrepreneurs. We're creators. It's not like I'm showing up to a job, doing a job that everybody's already been doing for so long. It's not like I'm going and I'm building a car that everybody's built for so long. We know how a Ford's supposed to look. We know how a computer program's supposed to look. We know how a legal brief is supposed to look. You're doing something that does not exist. So therefore, it can be so many different things. It can be intimidating because you know that you're, you're putting something out there that is 100% on you. You can't say, oh, well, they told me to do it this way or, oh, well, no, Mm -hmm. it all falls on you, too. That's another thing that you're kind of trying to avoid. I bring it up because the world still needs what you have and you need to launch it. You need to put it out there so that you can actually get over the fear of putting it out there, because a lot of times that's the fear as well. And that's what the pre-sale will do for you. The pre-sale allows you to be like, you know what, F it. Is out there and the pre-sale also holds you accountable. So that's why I, I would say that is important. Yeah, man. I would never did anything without the pre-sale, that deadline, man. Cause that pressure is like, well, I can't turn back now. You got that thought, like, man, you could just pretend like it never put it, pretend like it never even happened. But man, mm. F it, man. God, just knock this out, knock this out. And like you said, this it's intimidating, creating <laughs> That's your brother. Something from nothing. You don't want to mess up. You want to. You want to do something that's valuable. All that, but you just gotta put in the work, man. You gotta put in the work. The only way to get over that fear is to do it and go through it, man. Like, of course, ain't easy. Like you said, bro. Like the actual hours of recording versus how much time it actually took. It's like night and day. It's like when I thought about it the other day, I'm like, man, that was only like an hour. But like that took me a couple of days. Like you gotta think about it because. You got to not only think about what you're going to say, but the order you put it in, what people need to know here, here, and here, what step comes after the next one. It's like, it's not easy, man. It's not easy. And, you, and exactly like the structure, how you're formatting the slides, um, 100%. Yeah. And then you think about like, do I know enough? Yes. And you said, do you know enough? But then it's like, when you know enough, you can tend to like forget certain steps because you've been doing it for a long time so now now i gotta think like a beginner and not leave any steps because then it's not help as helpful for them so you know you gotta think about it you gotta try to do, come up with an outline think about it but you know it can be intimidating but it's worth it in the end mm-hmm. even 
even without big sales, even without, before you get a sale, it's still worth it because you still learn, you still grow, you still stretch yourself, man. And even if you don't do anything, you like, you still have an idea, even if it doesn't sell, you still have an idea of what you could do better next time. Mm-hmm. Not selling today will help you learn how to sell tomorrow. Like, it's worth it. If you got something to share with the world, share it, people. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and please give us uh, a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this. Go give us a five-star review, man. Five-star, baby. Give us a review. Move us up these charts. Uh, we hit 88 on Apple Podcasts. We're trying, to, we're trying to get high up them charts. You know what I'm saying? But leave us a review. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TweetTalk. Pod, that's P O D. Follow myself, Raphael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion and also at Todd.Capital. Subscribe to the YouTube. We're going to have the link in the show notes. Tweet Talk Podcast on YouTube. Get us up to a thousand subscribers, man. We need that, but we're going to leave you with one last thought from Charles. Get off the show with this. I want to end the show with this. Like Charles said, your business is a marketing company. Please remember that. For episode 113 of Tweet Talk the Black Web Podcast, your hosts, Raphael and Charles, we are out. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast, featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag, you know what I can do. And so, without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.